0: Dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Extra Extra, Extra, It's All About Whiskey. I'm your host, the Scotsman, the White Walker, Jason Johnston Yellen. Mm. And I am joined today, and as always, I don't ever mean to steal that line from you, but sometimes it's just ingrained in my brain. I get it. With with a, a very, very dear friend who just moments ago, and not by me, was compared to a character from The Goonies, Welcome, Joshua Chunk-Hatton. Oh,
1: I really hope that the comment was about my Jufro and not the fact that I've gained the COVID-19 uh, <laughs> as in weight, not as in virus.
0: Let me say it was definitely about your hair and definitely not about the COVID-19 that you've gained. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I'm not in charge of the editing this podcast And so you can take that in whatever direction you want So, so, so here's the thing, Joshua mm. On Extra Extra, you and I get together with a, a pertinent news story from the whiskey world Sometimes we'll step outside those boundaries And one of us, whoever brings it to the episode mm-hmm. Will spend the first half of the episode reading the article and then you and I spend the second half of the episode riffing on the article. Yeah. Today we're going to do something that we, that we haven't done before, which is we're actually going to revisit a topic from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Because Sorry. when you and I dropped the last episode of Extra Extra about the tariffs on Scotch and a host of other products that are coming into the United States from Europe, We received more responses to that episode than any other episode we've recorded of Extra Extra. Correct. The interest is there among the consumer, among our podcast listeners. And as of Wednesday, August 12th, we had an update to the tariff situation. Mm -hmm. You and I had left the issue hanging. We were waiting to hear. Would the tariffs increase to 100%? Mm -hmm. Would they become 200%? Now that Airbus was kind of taking responsibility for the resolved court case, Mm -hmm. would we even see the tariffs go away? And on August 12th at 7 p.m., we got a a blast, an industry blast Mm That let us know the answer to that, and it's this it's this blast that I've brought to the episode today, and and give you and I some room for further discussion, and and I want to reflect a little bit on, on some of the feedback that came in from our listeners as well, if that's okay with you.
1: Yeah, it, it's perfectly fine. You know, up until now, most of the stories we've discussed were one story. You know, were stories that didn't necessarily require follow up. Uh, But this one most definitely, regardless of what the outcome was, in my opinion,
0: required a follow-up. So I'm I'm glad that we're doing it. So here we are. Let's jump into this. The headline is USTR holds EU wine and spirits tariffs in place at current rates. There is no author on the piece. It does come from the Shankin News Daily that that you and I subscribe to. Mm Mm-hmm. And as mentioned previously, it came in at 7 pm on the evening of August 12. Mm. The United States trade representative has announced that it will not escalate the current tariffs on single malt scotch, single malt whiskey from Northern Ireland, and liqueurs and cordials from the UK, Germany, Ireland, Italy, and Spain, or wines from France, Spain, Germany, and the UK. At which point you're thinking, all right, yeah, might be onto something here. All right, yeah, let's push our sleeves up, let's read the rest. And this is this (laughs) so far,
1: it feels encouraging with the exception of the headline not sounding very encouraging. (laughs) But
0: the opening sentence made me hopeful, the second sentence beat me back down again, just like the rest of 2020. (sighs) However, The current 25% tariff on those products will remain in place. We'll pivot back to the end of that sentence in the second half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we have a quote. The USTR, which is the United States Trade Representative, the USTR is well aware of the impact these tariffs are having on American businesses And is willfully ignoring the compounding impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on our industry, said WSWA President Michelle Cosmo. And the quote continues, the USTR has failed to provide relief to a once vibrant US whiskey industry desperately in need of relief. For those listeners not familiar, the WSWA is the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. Yeah. Only two more paragraphs to go in this blast. Mm. On Tuesday, a bipartisan group of US senators called for the removal of tariffs on wine, spirits, and food from the European Union. Mm -hmm. According to Reuters, the senators said the tariffs have caused significant harm to the affected categories, with importers and distributors stuck holding perishable goods indefinitely. Mm -hmm. The extra costs imposed by the tariffs are putting the pinch on an industry already suffering from widespread shutdowns and other COVID-19-related challenges, which you and I know... To be absolutely true. Mm. Hmm. Again, for the benefit of the listener, I actually called up a separate article that lists out the 13 bipartisan senators. I thought it would be useful to give a name check to 13 senators are actually working across the aisle
1: on this issue. And I love that. I'm excited to hear the names. I'm even more excited that it's a bipartisan effort.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So so this list actually comes from a, a Reuters article okay. uh, entitled Senators Urge US to Remove Tariffs on EU Foods Beverages, and it dates to August 10, mm. so two days before uh, the piece we're covering today. Seven Republican and six Democratic senators, including Robert Menendez, John Barrasso, Corey Gardner, Susan Collins, Diane Feinstein, Pat Toomey, Kirsten Cinema. And Cory Booker said in a letter to USTR Friday that American restaurants, retailers, grocers, importers, and distributors are experiencing severe economic hardship due to the increased cost of goods. The senators noted demand for these goods has declined, leaving importers and distributors with months worth of product, Mm -hmm. much of it perishable, in storage and in transit with no clear end date for the COVID-19 pandemic. USTR did not immediately comment. So we're now operating from our position in the future where they did respond two days later. Ah, okay. And that's the blast that you and I are covering in this episode. Okay, so so now we're up to speed with the bipartisan group. We've got one more paragraph to go in our blast here. The tariffs were initially enacted last October and have damaged key categories, with single malt Scotch imports falling 25% since the tariffs took effect, according to the Scotch Whiskey Association. A WSWA study, once again, Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America, Mm -hmm. Their study found that the tariffs could result in 93,000 job losses, $3.8 billion in lost wages, and ultimately an $11 billion hit to the U.S. economy this year. Jesus,
1: $11 billion hit to our economy. Yeah, right. Our shrinking economy. (sighs)
0: which is another one of those aspects where your eyeballs look at the 25% tariffs and you think, well, that's 25% more money coming in on these imports. But you're ignoring, one is ignoring, I don't want to accuse you here, Joshua, one is ignoring the impact of those 25% Mm -hmm. tariffs. Mm -hmm. And that's where the WSWA comes in to say, ultimately, we stand to lose 11 billion dollars on this
1: yeah and 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 i i think i know where the disconnect is here at least from the perspective of the ustr and, and i think from the perspective of the american the greater american public And I want to to talk about that in part two.
0: Yeah, before we jump into part two, I just want to read another couple of paragraphs from that that Reuters, that other Reuters Mm -hmm. article, Mm -hmm. the one, Senators urge US to remove tariffs on EU foods and beverages. Because for listeners who maybe are tuning in this episode but didn't hear the last episode, what we're talking about here, and I'm going to quote Reuters here, last month, Europe's Airbus said it would increase loan repayments to France and Spain in a final bid to reverse US tariffs and jog the United States into settling a 16-year-old dispute over billions of dollars of aircraft subsidies. And yes, if you are just joining this conversation, we are talking about a dispute over aircraft subsidies affecting spirits and food (laughs) in Europe (laughs) coming into the United States. And to close out, the U.S. Distilled Spirits Council noted Scotch whiskey imports by the United States fell nearly 33% between October 2019 and May 2020, a $378 million decline over the same period a year earlier. The EU, in a separate dispute, imposed 25% tariffs on all U.S. whiskey imports in June 2018. Since then... US whiskey exports to the EU have fallen by 33%, or $300 million, the group said. So both sides of the Atlantic are being hit in the exact same way. And so, yeah, might be time to call a truce, as we say in Scotlandia. Call a truce. A
1: truce? All right, I think I got that right.
0: Did I sound Scottish when I said that? to bring your attention back to the end of the second sentence in the Shankin News Blast. The second sentence was, however, the current 25% tariff on those products will remain in place. And the great, great issue I have with this sentence is there is no date attached to it. We have gone from, okay, we're, not, we're no longer in that position of potentially going to 100% tariffs. That, unequivocally, is a good thing. Yes, yes it is. However, we're back to where we were before that, which is we remain in a holding pattern with the 25% tariffs. If businesses, regardless of COVID, regardless of a global pandemic if businesses need to make forecasts and predictions for the next three months of this year, Mm -hmm. which would be the last three months of this year, OND, October, November, December, the busiest time in the industry, and or need to make forecasts for January, February, March Mm -hmm. of next year, Mm -hmm. are we making those forecasts with a 25% tariff in place, right? It seems like you have to continue operating under worst case scenario. Always, And you have to assume these are not going away over the next three months, potentially not going away over the next six months. You know, when might they go away? Will they go away? That's something you and I discussed in the last episode. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have great frustration with this announcement from the USTR not putting a finite time on the 25% tariffs remaining in place.
1: I have a huge problem with that. It would have been nice to hear, at the very least, when might this come up for discussion again, right? At the, at the very least. So we have something to look forward to. So we're able to to, to rally people, to get people to lobby, to make changes. Like, we just don't know, and it's incredibly unfortunate. And and frankly, you know, the what I find most unfortunate about this, given that Airbus had said, look, please remove these 25% tariffs. We will make this right, right? Yep. The fact that the USTR did not listen to that, concerns the hell out of me. I think the reason why I'm concerned about this, you hear the numbers mentioned before where there's $11 billion in sales, that massive deficit because of all of this. And you would think, well, Christ, that's a heck of a lot of money because you know what? It's a heck of a lot of money. (laughs) Yep. But people continue to see the stock market Go up and up and up. Yeah, it's had some tumbles here and there, but it continues to go up and up. We're we're nearing the thirty thousand mark for the uh, NYSC. The concern that I have is that the USTR, or, you know, uh, Robert Lightizer, I think it's pronounced Lightizer, and whomever, whether it's him, whether it's the American public, they are conflating a good stock market with a good economy. And the two don't necessarily have much to do with the other, right? Um, There's a big difference between publicly traded companies doing well and a lot of smaller companies not doing so well. And a lot of small things can turn into big things.
0: Well, and that's one of the things you and I in Extra Extra try to cover the latest whiskey news as as whiskey geeks mm-hmm. as as whiskey fans first and foremost and one thing that we can't get away from with the tariffs is on one hand yes it's affecting what you and I buy off of shelves in the United States mm-hmm. as whiskey fans but it's also impacting our business and one of the things in the last episode, uh, a good friend of mine uh, reached out and, uh, and said, listen to the episode. It's it's certainly frustrating. And I said, yeah. And, and I think Joshua and I maybe allowed that aspect to shine through in the last episode. We we got a little hot under the collar and, and he said, but but rightly so. This is affecting your business on mm-hmm. a day to day basis and you can't help not getting hot under the collar. And so I think you raise a, a great point there, which is there are tons of small businesses just going to the wall currently, mm-hmm. partly through tariffs, which is making life difficult, and certainly through global pandemic, yes. which is making it additionally problematic. And that's the concern for me, as discussed previously, the fact that we've got these two forces upon us and the industry writ large and hospitality writ large, mm-hmm. and it seems like nobody wants to throw any of us a bone. Right? That's what we're asking for here. Throw us all a bone. Show us that you can help us.
1: And, I'm, and we're just not seeing it. I, I'm not even asking them to throw us a bone. I'm asking them to take the leash off. Like, everything was was fine. You know, there was no tariff between our strongest trading partners. Now, if they wanted to apply tariffs, that's all fine and well, because I understand this dispute between Airbus and Boeing has been going on for 15-some-odd years. Put it on the airline industry. Why are we dealing with collateral damage here? Like, we're, we're just... The wine industry, the whiskey industry, the cheese industry, it's all on the sidelines, having nothing to do with the matter at hand. You know, it gets back to to what we said in our previous uh, Extra Extra episode regarding the tariffs. It's the mob approach. Oh, you're going to do something wrong? Well, uh, you know, watch out. Do you like your mother? Well, she may get hurt if you continue to do wrong. That's, that's not the way to do business. It is... It's nonsensical, and it's incredibly upsetting.
0: So my question to you is... Yes. If we've got the president of the WSWA, Mm -hmm. and we've got 13 bipartisan senators, and we've got the Scotch Whiskey Association, and we've got many, many others, and we mentioned them in the last episode of Extra Extra, many, many other US-based organizations, All in one voice saying, this isn't working. This is cruel and unusual punishment. Mm. Do you think the consumer could be a deciding voice in this? Do you think the consumer would be listened to? What would the consumer have to say to be heard here?
1: Maybe I'm being too cynical, but I'm not. I'm not certain the consumer's voice matters so much here. You know, I really think that that the only way to make this go away is elect, you know, electing officials that can help make this go away. I mean, just just the the fact that there were only 13 senators to say something, right? There should have been mm-hmm. many more <laughs> to say things. Like, what is it going to take? to have more senators speak up. And I, th- I think it's a, mi- it's a mixture of getting, you know, more, more senators to speak up on behalf of their constituents. But what is that going to take and what behind the scenes deals need to happen to make this go away? Because a lot of times, I mean, that's how lobbying works, right? Oh, you know, I want you to help me with X. What do you need to make that happen? And that's what I see it as being. A consumer's voice will only be heard through the megaphone of more senators representing them. And then we need the lobbyists. And then we need God knows what else uh, behind the scenes to help make this go away.
0: So you and I don't normally take emails on Extra Extra, although we do invite them. And so we actually have a consumer who wrote in to questions at One Nation Under Whiskey Dot .com. no mm-hmm. e in whiskey. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be heard as a consumer and so I'm going to bring in the words of Justin Weiner at okay. this point. Could be Weiner. W E I N E R. And so Justin writes, I'm sure you know, but the customer has taken the burden for tariffs here in Ohio and likely elsewhere. Abelauer 18 just popped from $99 to 130. ClinLish went from $55 to $75. Wow. So those tariffs have been passed along to the consumer already, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think that last word sums it all up. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know, some companies, import U.S. importers, along with the suppliers they deal with, work together to try to minimize the, the tariffs as best they can. We're all working with our distributor partners to do the same. Some retailers are trying to help, too. You know, it's, it's been really, you know, four tiers of trying to help this go away. The three in the U.S. of importer, distributor, and retailer, and then the supplier. But how long can someone bleed until they can't bleed anymore, right? Until it's gone. And So, so here's... Yeah. No, and, and I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off. And so just to button this up is the unfortunate thing is we in the industry have been waiting for this decision in the hopes that the bleeding can stop, that the 25% will go away. But now we've just been told, oh no, this wound has become an ulcer and it's not going to stop hemorrhaging. And consumers are going to see more and more bottles, whether it's whiskey or wine, go up in price by at least 25%. There's just no no two ways about it. And it's incredibly unfortunate.
0: Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I clearly agree with you wholeheartedly. What what also catches my eye, because there's many aspects to this that are eye-catching and eye-watering, <laughs> is with single malt Scotch imports falling 25% since the tar's tariff took effect we're hearing in the reuters article 33% mm-hmm. since the tariff took effect in that time frame as as whiskey lovers as as whiskey loving consumers we're going to get to a point where we are just one global market among hundreds of others mm-hmm. at what point does the scotch industry and and i understand There's still wine here. There's cheese here. There's olive oil here. There's dairy products here. I understand that. I speak to this just as as a whiskey person. Yeah. If you're you're a Scotch whiskey producer, do you start casting your eye away from the United States? Do we stop seeing some special releases here in the United States? Mm -hmm. You know, the United States has been such a wonderful, burgeoning, single malt market for you know, certainly a decade, decade and a half, you know, seeds of it back two decades ago, all of that hard work that's been undertaken by brand ambassadors, company owners, people who have travelled all around this nation spreading the good word of single malt, those efforts will soon come to naught, is my concern. Yeah. and then, and then I wonder, I, t- I try and rein myself in a little bit. Am I being too pessimistic? Is it a case of we're all just battening down the hatches and we know the United States is a good market. And once these tariffs pass, whenever that might be, maybe it is with a new administration and that, that's certainly Scott Harris's position at Catoctin Creek. With that change, will the floodgates open once again? and will we see? special releases. Will we see US exclusives, you know, come back in? And so I I don't want to say this is the beginning of the end for the US market. It might just be a downturn, a slowdown in the US market.
1: Yeah, I mean we can get Which still sucks. Which which still sucks and, and we can get incredibly tangential here. I mean Christ, I don't even know if we want to get tangential, but if if we're seeing a massive downturn in in single malt sales into the U.S. to the tune of twenty five to thirty three percent, we can assume those that are making glass, you know, seven fifty bottles, they may be making fewer seven hundred fifty milliliter bottles. So when this does go away, well, that means there may be uh, an interruption you know, in supply to producers, I mean, it's it really, you can go down a massive rabbit hole to see how many different industries this is affecting, uh, you know, these silly tariffs that, that don't have anything to do with us.
0: I want to get out of here by bringing up something that you and I were discussing literally yesterday while... Not on air, just having one of our usual friendly chats that we have. We don't record every word that passes between us, but in the sense of this knock-on effect, if imports have dropped to the United States twenty-five to thirty-three percent, and if you're a Scotch whisky producer who's not just having that made up in other markets, you may very well just sell off the liquid that you have. You you might just conduct bulk sales mm. of the liquid that you're now sitting on. And it's it was an interesting thought, and, and you, you said it yesterday, where you just allow the 25% tariff to become somebody else's problem, mm. right? If, if we have now got, and I say this with my single cast nation hat on, if we now have access to some of that 25% that's not being imported to the United States, and we're able to purchase that, and we were able to bottle that, and we were able to bring that into the United States. You and I are still paying the twenty five percent tariff. Yeah, they get to <laughs> the <avoid> US it. <laughs> still gets its twenty five percent tariff. Yeah. but if you're a producer, you just kind of say, "I'm, I'm going to let this be somebody else's problem on some percentage of this stock." Sure. Uh, and I th- and I think it's an interesting perspective because it does speak to the ripple effects. The, the written in black and white in a government notice, announcement, memo is 25% tariff. Mm-hmm. And we are now going to collect 25% on imports to the United States. But the ripples go so far beyond that, that it, it's really having an effect right across this industry uh, and affecting you know us, people that we know, people that we love people who have helped build our brands. It's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch. And, and the one thing I would want our listeners to take away from it, and obviously, you know, they're consumers like we are. They're one of the ripple on effects here, just as we are when we wear our consumer hat. But I want our listeners to consider those additional ripples as well, uh, because I know we have very good listeners, knowledgeable, empathetic listeners. Yeah,
1: Yep. And I... And- I know you wanted to end on that, but I think we need to end on this. I had mentioned, because you'd asked me, what impact would a consumer's voice have on this? And I'd said, well, I don't think the consumer's voice has much impact. But I think it's in how we raise those voices. And our voices need to be raised to more and more senators. If we want this to change, reach out to your senators, reach out to your Congress people, whomever it may be. And let them know if you're a consumer, if you're a shop owner, if you're a distributor, whatever it is, reach out to them. They need to speak on your behalf because their voice is going to be loudest.
0: I think getting out of here in a rallying call is absolutely spot on. So thank you for adding that at the end, Joshua. Listeners, if you do want to reach out to us, just like Justin did, questions at one nation under whiskey.com no e in whiskey we love receiving your your emails we love hearing your thoughts we i'd love to hear what you're doing to have your voice heard mm. right are you already reaching out to your senators are you already you know making your voice heard it's enough for us to all be shouting at one another on facebook It's another to actually turn it into Actionable actions, which mm-hmm. is a horrible combination of words. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for being here, Joshua. I think we're getting out of here on a tight 30, a tight 35. We do we do try. We try. We do work hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Well we try.
0: Speaking of work, mm-hmm. let's get back to it. All
1: right. Cheers. Cheers. Two chins, chin chin, two chins, three chins. You ever do three chins? <laughs>